0: Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. You all are in Nehemiah, and uh, we're on uh, Chapter 6 today. I went and listened to all of the videos for the whole series, and here's a few of my takeaways. And I promise I'm not one of those ones who recap for 25 minutes. I I timed it. I think it's two minutes. So I think we can handle that. All right? Uh, Some takeaways. Uh, First of all, I love the God's people, God's place, God's present. That's so cool there. In the first video, I liked that Matt brought up the idea that um, everything matters to God. And he mentioned that the... uh, There was no rest, I'm thinking, in the land, but it could have been rest of the people because I would imagine that those two would probably play in together. And that Nehemiah was a very humble man and that he identified like, I'm one of them, even though it really wasn't his sin. He was identifying in prayer as if he was one of them. I liked that. And that uh, the courage that Nehemiah had to have had to not hide his burden, I liked that that brought up that he didn't hide his burden. Me, I've been told I do not have a poker face, so I should never play poker, but I could not have hid the burden because it shows on my face, so I would have been terrified that I was going to be the ex-bearer to the king. And so that was cool. Um, The Second video, I liked where he brought in that there was character, there was actions, and there was consequences, and what do I do when? I'm overwhelmed when things are wrong. And one thing that God's been really like cementing inside of me, he said to remember, and then he said to pray. And so I love that. I just love that. Remember. And part of that remembering is remember your history with God. Remember the promise. That's that's my input there. And then I, I love this. I just thought to myself, how many uh, um, employment situations have we been in, you know, whether... We've been a lumber person or a bookkeeper like myself or anything else. And he said number, his one, number one job duty was cupbearer, number one. But there must have been a chapter in it on wall, wall builder number two because he had absolutely zero experience on that. So I love that part. And um, this is where he emphasized a little bit more about God's people and God's land. And I love the question he left us with, which was, What is chaos leading you to? That was awesome. Um, The last uh, few points, I hope it's not been more than two minutes. Uh, When God puts together a plan, I liked that he said with Nehemiah, he sought the Lord. He took several months to seek the Lord. But when he did seek the Lord, he came with a plan. And that was just like a little tweaking in my estimation that needed to go on. And so... um, He prayed and he brought the next step. What's the next step in the season of your life? And the last, but to me, the most important thing that he said uh, in in this study that ministered to my heart anyway was that as we make that practice, that daily practice of prayer, and we choose to make that a priority, because in this world everything else can be, (laughs) then, then when you're in the moment... And those like, help Jesus, prayers, it's just a lot easier to go in that flow. So thank you, Matt. Those were the takeaways of the day. So I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation Uh, today. I was going to read from New International Version, which is what I think you guys often listen to. But I like the New Living Translation. So we're in Nehemiah 6, so if you want to get your Bibles or your apps... We're going to go through verses 1 through 4. Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the walls and that no gaps remain; that we had not yet set up the doors and the gates. Sorry. So Sanballat and Geshem sent a message asking you to meet them at one of the village in the plain of Ono. But I realized they were plotting to harm me, so I replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave the same reply. I like in the verses here... Um, I was talking to Paula before the service where the Lord was in my quiet devotion time challenging me that I had entered in some words that started with the word dis. And, of course, I was arguing with him at that point. And I like here that it says very uh, clearly in my mind in these verses that Nehemiah did not give in to distraction. And if you're a nerd like me, the Lord just showed me the word distraction, pulled out the DIS and made it separate from the traction, and he said, when, when you're distracted, you are distancing yourself from your track or your attraction or your path. And so I, I want you to, you know, come to me in this and let's, let's not be distracted. So that was an awesome part of this, this uh, verse 4 that I liked. Not to mention the plane of oh no, which actually doesn't mean oh no, it means strength. But that's for another time. Verses 5 through 9. The fifth time Sanballat's servant came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. There is a rumor around the surrounding nations, and Geshem tells me it's true, that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and that is why you are building the wall. According to his reports, you plan to be their king. He also reports that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you, look, there is a king in Judah, you can be very sure that this report will get back to the king. So I suggest that you come and talk it over with me. I replied, there is no truth in any part of your story. You are making up the whole thing. They were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. I like that Nehemiah, in this uh, portion of scripture, he was accused of rebellion against the king, you know, treason, you know, like having your head lopped off. Um, And yet he wasn't moved. Me, I probably would start backpedaling and like, that's not true. That's so not true. I have letters from the king. You know, see him unroll, you know, 20 feet forward. Um, I have permission here, and I would have have tried to justify myself, but I like what Nehemiah did here. He wasn't moved. The Lord, I believe, had put within him that, look, these these enemies are trying to intimidate you. They're trying to discourage you. And again, that was one of the dis-words that in my time with Jesus, he was telling me, and he said, and you've also entered into discouragement. This was about six months ago. And he says, you've distanced yourself, you, you become discouraged, and because you have, you're discouraged, you don't have any access to courage because you've distanced yourself from courage. And I want you to come back, and I want you to stand in the courage that I've given you. So I love this about Nehemiah, that he did that. <clears throat> Verses 10 through 14. Later, I went to Shemaiah, son of Deliah, and grandson, and met a table. Was confined to his home. He said, Let's meet together inside the temple of God and bolt, bolt the door shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. But I replied, Should someone in my position run from the danger? Hmm. Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I won't do it. I realized that God had not spoken to him, again, divine insight, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. They were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse me and discredit me. Remember, O God, all the evil things that Tobiah and Sanballat have done. And remember Noadiah, the prophet, and all the prophets like her who have tried to intimidate me. Just a little side note, that if you ever do a little study on what these words mean, there's a whole nother message coming out. Um, and in this situation, it makes me really sad because all these people that were conspiring, all these people, they all had names like Jehovah has heard, Jehovah has delivered, Jehovah gives benefits, Jehovah has met my appointment. They were not living up to their name at all, that the Hebrew people, when they named their children, they, they were very purposeful about it. They were very intentional about it. So if the, if the child seemed to be like a free spirit, then maybe they would have named them something in Hebrew that means freedom, like my name means freedom. My name is Francis, and I'm very much inside a free spirit. And so it just sorrows me that these people had decided to go to the lowest common denominator, And they decided that they were going to do something that was against God. And even a lot of God's peoples, they were supposed to be nobles of Judah, started leaning towards that way. They were starting to almost be moved. But Nehemiah wasn't moved because he kept his eye on the prize. Also, for those who may not know, because you're thinking, well, why wouldn't he have just ran into the temple? What would have been the problem there? You know? But he wasn't a priest, so it wasn't lawful for him to do that. And in that regard, if he would have done that, then I'm sure the enemy knows this because things are illegal. They might not be nice, but they are legal. And so if he would have entered into disobedience, then a whole lot of other things in that time and space um, would be happening to him. But the Lord let him know within that this is not God don't follow it, you know, don't follow it. So the people were possibly moved by all of these attempts because they were endless to induce fear. But he was going to be lawful not to enter the temple. Amen. Let's read verses 15 through 19. I've only changed one here in the New Living Translation because I've done a lot of studying in um, the Hebrew culture. And I happen to understand in the Hebrew culture with their calendar, sometimes they added another month. Wouldn't that be nice sometimes as a bookkeeper to be able to add another month or to take one away or to repeat a day or have an extra couple days? And it has a rhyme and reason to them, but it doesn't to me. So I don't believe that necessarily it's October 2nd every single year. But it was the 25th day of Elal, and um, that's the last... Uh, month in the Hebrew sacred calendar. They have now a civil calendar, but sacred calendar, which would ease you into their new year. So this was just almost coming into a time of reflection where God's people would especially be reflecting on the goodness of God and reflecting on whatever else God was putting in their hearts at this point. So... On the 25th day of Elul, the wall was finished, just 52 days after we had begun. When our enemies and surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. During those 52 days, many letters went back and forth between Tezabiah and the nobles of Judah. For many in Judah has sworn allegiance to him, oops, because his father in law was Shechaniah, son of Arah, and his son Jehohanan was married to the daughter of Meshalam, son of Berechiah. They kept telling me about Tobias' good deeds, really, and then they told him then they told him everything I said, and Tobiah kept sending threatening letters to intimidate me. So you see now the nobles of judah the the religious uh, people, many of them. Were starting to be swayed towards Tobiah. And so not only were they being swayed towards Tobiah, but then everything that was said in the presence of Nehemiah and the nobles, and he went back to Tobiah and was telling them everything. So this was relentless. This went on all the time. This would wear you down. It's almost like when I remember when I was in, in the years where I have young children that were very small. It was like, mommy, 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 mommy. It was like you know, after a while, it wears you down, and by the time you have the second child, uh, all this is water under the bridge, and you just give it to them, you know, or whatever. I'm not saying that it was anything extreme, but it was like, please, please, God, you know, spare me. Um, but I did think it was interesting about a couple of things that where they were trying, where the enemy in this in this account was trying to oppress these men and women of God that now the script was flipped, and now they were, instead of being the oppressors, they were the oppressed. It says here that they were frightened, and they were humiliated because they realized that this is God's word. Now, for us, we don't place high values upon numbers, and I'm not getting off in of something strange. I'm just staying with the scriptures. But, but in the Hebrew outlook of things, numbers were really, really, really significant. And the number of fifty-two actually means work of God, and so I don't know if these people knew enough about their culture, because they have more value of culture um, than uh, in with the numbers than not. But it was considered a work of God. So to me, it was like even if you're a hard sell, even though like you're not convinced with you know your mom and dad or whatever, but you get to the hard sell part and you understand the significance of these uh, numbers and the numbers that are attached to each letter that you see it's 52 days and all these years it was not done. All these years it was not done. And so to me, it it, uh, challenges me and lets me know that even the hard cases, the hard cells, those those kind of people, uh, which is me a lot of the time. I, as I was telling Celeste and Jim last night, sometimes I'm the hard cell, and so I become convinced, I become persuaded in my heart. The Lord will speak to my heart about things like He spoke to Nehemiah, and then I can be, I can just be at peace, filled with peace. So in this uh, chapter. Six of Nehemiah, I saw a lot of leadership building ideas and character buildings. i just like to summarize it. And uh, number one, Nehemiah was not going to be giving in to no destruction. He was committed. He had a compelling purpose. Uh, number two, Nehemiah wasn't going to pay attention to destruction, as we talked about. He, co- he was committed to this vision, and he was committed to prayer all throughout this vision. Number three, Nehemiah wasn't going to fall into that temptation of fear and be discredited by all the people, right? He wasn't going to allow fear to cloud his view of the future. And I think that's something that I certainly can take to the bank. Maybe you can take that to the bank as well, that we will be committed in Christ to not be allowing fear to cloud our view of the future. And then last but not least, the wall is finished. And in spite of all the opposition, here we see that they were committed, they were courageous, they were persistent. And I don't know about you, are there any hunters in the room? Hunters. No hunters in the room? Wow, I'm shocked. This is Fortuna. Where's the hunters? Oh, okay, we got some little bit here. Well, anyway, this came to me like right before I was getting in the car today, and I saw saw these three items like arrows, arrows of the enemy. And so maybe whether you're in your home, your workplace, um, your family, wherever you're at, You might see these things happen when the Lord uh, gives you a vision or you feel strong about a vision that you want to uh, uh, forward. And one was that the enemy, hopefully it's not your own heart, which it has been me before, might try to negotiate you out of it. Number two arrow, he might try to incriminate you if the negotiating doesn't work. And if the incriminating doesn't work, he might try to Bring you to an isolated place. So then you won't further, but you will stop. So I thank you that uh, recovering this God's people, God's place, and God's presence. I just really just I just sense a fullness of the Lord that we as his people and in the new covenant, we collectively are that temple. And we collectively then exude his presence. And we hopefully, collectively, can keep encouraging one another to not become either disappointed, discouraged, distracted, and that we'll be able to continue on our path um, in the Lord. So I'll turn it back to Carolyn.